Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia. It is Friday the 17th of August 2018. This is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning and you are with Lyle and... Mon! And I think Faith FM is pretty happy it's the weekend because it sounds like I need to have a league long nap. <laughs> I don't even know what's going on right now. We had Tracy and then we didn't have Tracy yeah, and then she disappeared and then, we had, and then we had the intro and then we didn't have the, the intro. intro. <laughs> I, was like, I wonder if anyone can hear this right now. Well... Hey, it's like this. Mm-hmm. If if nobody's hearing it right now, they'll hear it on the delayed, delayed broadcast. At least the delayed broadcasters will get the show. Yeah, I'm a little bit sad for all those uh, the trainees that I know who listen to this on their phones through their for the, through, through the um, tune app. Okay, so we've got the engineers working on it as we speak. Yes, yes, cool. Hey, Lyle, what are you grateful for this morning? What am I grateful for? I had something really cool that I was grateful for. What am I grateful for? Oh, and it's so I've completed. Okay, you go first, and it'll come back to me. Well, actually, I just want to share one from one of our listeners because this is an amazing one from our listeners. So, uh, Carrie from Beresfield, which is actually here in Newcastle area, she says, "I'm grateful for three years cancer free, and then I can watch my son growing up. How beautiful is that? It's really important." Oh, I remember what I'm grateful for. Oh, it's, <laughs> hey, have I, have I done go, this one before? I don't know. Go on. Jet engines. Oh, goodness. No, no, no. Me. Seriously, seriously. Goodness Seriously, me. you think about this because I'm, I'm flying out today and that was why I was thinking of it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, to, uh, where am I going to? Lismore. So, Lismore, yes. Spe- uh, people in Lismore, if you're listening in, um, then come and join us at the Lismore Seventh-day Adventist Church tomorrow where I'll be speaking. And uh, But, I'm, yeah, flying out this afternoon. Uh-huh. And, you know, I love jet engines. I'm a big turbo fan jet. Um, because they, 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 they make the coolest sound. I mean, they, those things absolutely howl on takeoff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the thrust that this they give, you know, the, the horsepower. All the women no, are no, 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 it's, it's a, no. Come on. You were talking about, you were talking about your craft show yesterday. I'm going to talk about jet engines today. What craft show? Your craft afternoon thing where you sat and Whatever. drank tea. And that was a ministry. You were, just, you were just talking about. What, taking off? Seriously. <laughs> I'd rather stab myself in the eye. Uh, you would have great fun at craft, especially because you're going to come one day because I'm going to teach you how to crochet <laughs> at a craft. But hey, do you want to hear a crazy story? This is what I'm grateful for, right? Listen, you're going to learn how to weld. Yeah, I, I am looking forward to looking, like, to knowing how to weld. I think that's going to be a great idea. Anyway, let me tell you about what happened to me yesterday and why I'm grateful this morning. So <laughs> yesterday I went to the shops and leaving Woolies after doing my groceries, my phone either got lost or stolen, not quite sure what, from walking oh, no. walking from the supermarket to my car, which is actually not that much of a distance. How do you lose your phone? Where, well, where did you put it? It was in my shopping trolley, right? So and it fell out through the cracks? Yeah, but how does it, like, my phone is big. I have one of those big ones. Mm. Like, how, like, what, the crack must have been a serious crack, but it was, yeah, anyway... I'm can, not gonna, it, can it even fit? I, I don't know. I don't think so. Was it, was it visible? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Mm. So that's why I, I'm wondering. And then also... So but you would have been pushing the shopping trolley, not towing it behind Yeah, you. but so I, right did, I did stop at one point and have a look at some bags at a little shop that was on the way to the car. Mm. I didn't abandon the trolley, but I wasn't like directly gazing at it. And you know pickpockets, all they need is for you to like just look over your shoulder. Glance. Yeah, glance and then they're done. Anyway, so I went um, and I, I ran around the shopping center, found the security guard. We were running around just asking I everyone. I want to hear the story, so let's do the weather and ask oh, okay, the next fine. section. No, no, we'll do the okay, weather yeah. next section. I want to hear the story. Yeah, so we're running around trying to find this and um, and the security guard is like, you know, questioning dodgy looking people and um, and um, 
Yes. <laughs> and we ended up going into a into a phone shop and the guy very kindly let me log into iCloud mm-hmm. and uh, and you can use the uh, Find My Phone app which tells you the GPS of where the phone is. And it turns out my phone was at the kebab shop. So we run to the kebab shop but nobody there knows where it is. And so we're running back to the back to the phone shop guy and we're literally following a dot around the shopping center of whoever it was that's stole or found my phone and we keep chasing back and forth chasing the security guard and I running around the shopping center trying to find this guy and uh, and eventually he kept um, questioning uh, this one particular group of people and they were like no no we haven't seen it and the next thing we know they've handed it in to uh, to Big W <laughs> <laughs> the same person <laughs> yeah so very grateful to have my phone back I was just so pumped with adrenaline after that chasing a thief around the shopping centre but I was on my knees in the car park just praying to God just you know please let me find my phone how many photos it's, and videos you got on that 15,000 photos and 2,000 videos yeah. and about 500 notes you need to back that up it is it is backed up that was the thing okay. I was grateful about I just backed it up like last week so that was great but yeah super grateful for this morning if you're grateful for something give us a text 0491 we'd love to share your gratitude of course just a reminder that you are listening to the delayed broadcast introduction which means we recorded this a few days ago don't even really know when but don't stress you can jump across to the live show and join us live where the breakfast show is happening every morning just download the tune in app or go to faithfm.com.au press play on the live stream
You're listening to Audrey Assad with New Every Morning here on Faith FM. And as we begin the breakfast show, Mon, what have we got for our first clue for the quiz? Can I redeem myself today? Mm-hmm. I'm not sour. <laughs> <laughs> you just went through the whole pile and picked out the hardest one. Yeah, yeah, no, like, I didn't. I didn't. I just did a flip side of your face. Shoveling, shovel loads case, of humble just pie. Just in case Lyle's you direction. don't know what's happening, this week Lyle has been bested several times. <laughs> first. <laughs> By a nine-year-old. A nine-year-old little girl, Chloe, called up and got the quiz correct before Lyle knew what it was after first two clues, and she she got double prizes. And yesterday, Lyle didn't know what it was all the way down to the very last clue. <laughs> I got it on the last one. <laughs> got on the last one. First time that ever happened. My wife got it before I did. Yeah, she did. And actually, do you know what? That quiz still hasn't been answered. Don't oh, say it. Oh, really? Which means that delayed broadcast listeners are in with the in with the, um an opportunity to win that one actually. Ooh. So, yeah. Okay, yeah. so if you're a delayed broadcast listener and you're listening to the quiz, don't be scared to jump yeah. on and have a crack because yeah. it may not have been mm-hmm. answered. That's right. We, we allow it to keep going live. See, my wife is actually – see, this, this This does not show that I am I am, I am uh, oh, lacking on. in intelligence. No, this yeah, just whatever. demonstrates that my wife is a genius. What does your wife have to do with well, it? Well, she answered the quiz yesterday, but she's, she's ineligible to compete because That's she works true. for the show. That's but true. Need the answer. Okay, so this quiz today is a Who Am I quiz. I want to say it's like medium hard. Uh, yeah, down towards the end, it gets really easy. So, my wife's name is Elishaba. Elishaba? Yeah, Elishaba. I've got it. Yeah. I've heard of it, but yeah. I don't have it. It, it. it does start off a bit hard, but it will it will get easier. <laughs> if you know who is the husband of Elisha, give us a call now, 1-800-FAITH-FM. It's 1-800-324-843. Uh, or you can text 0491-064-669. If you know the answer, and we And, of course, this is already up on our Instagram, right? No, this one's not up on oh, Instagram what? yet. Yeah, mm. yeah. I'm having too many difficulties with my... Computer not working this morning. Something something happening today. Yeah, it's just uh, te- technology slow. is just all over the place this yeah. morning. Now, uh, Mon, what have you got for positively different news okay, this Okay, so you're going to love this. You and your engines and jets and man stuff. Get this right. Students. It's good to be a Christian and be a man. There are so many yes, cool things true. to appreciate it's in the true. world. You yeah, know? yeah. I, and I can't lie. I love a wood chopping car fixing fella. Okay, so yeah. if you're a wood chopping car fixing fella. Makes my ovaries quiver. Uh, (laughs) 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 Anyway, moving on from there. I said that for Shell's benefit. Um, Okay, so this is a really cool story about some manly men, I guess. A team of Egyptian college students have designed a vehicle that is powered solely on oxygen. 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 So it's a current prototype and it transports only one person at a time. I've got a video here for you. I want to stick it up online because I know you're going to want to see this. Runs on air. Runs on air. Isn't that like the dream? It runs on air. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it really like sarcastic comments like, oh, this run on air. But it really does. You know what we really need? Oh, I'm, I'm just brainstorming right now. You know what we really need? What? We need a cars that run on carbon dioxide. Yes, that'd be amazing. Because then we could be driving around. Yeah. Imagine driving around. Uh-huh. And, the, and the harder you drive, the faster you drive. Uh-huh. The better it is for the environment. It'd be good if they used up carbon dioxide and pumped out oxygen, just yeah. like a tree. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we want driving trees, essentially. We, we drive trees, <laughs> drive trees. Yeah. Mm. That's called the okay. steam train, you know. That yeah, yeah. Put, put wood in and burn so it's it. So it's, it's a prototype, this, uh, this oxygen car at the moment, and it's, uh, it carries only one person, but it can go up to 40 k's per hour. So it's kind of like oh. a golf buggy kind of a thing. Yeah. And, um, and it can make... you got to start somewhere, though. I mean, the first car only did, like, what, five kilometres an hour? Yeah, that's right. So and this is a start. This is a start. And it can go back. 
50 k's um, before it needs to be refueled. I, I don't know if you just open the tank and wave your fingers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, there is actually a difference between air and oxygen. Yeah, true. Air has a lot of oxygen in it. has a lot it. of stuff in it. Yeah. Uh, but so the, so the engineers, they're planning on developing uh, this vehicle further so it can uh, go up to at least 100 k's and travel um, at least uh, 200 uh, k- kilometers. So on a canister of oxygen. So, so this is like a compressed air engine? You got it. You got it. I'm getting there. Okay. So, so in addition to obviously mm-hmm. it running on one of the most common substances on the earth, uh, the, it's like a go-kart kind of a thing. It only costs about $1,000 to build. How good is that? That's awesome. It's so cheap. What's uh, its range again? Uh, at the moment, it's about 50 Ks. On a motorbike version. A motorbike? Oh, yeah. I could, I could ride that to work. You Fill could. Fill it up when I get here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so the undergrads, these are, these are just fellows who are studying at Helwyn University, which is just outside of Cairo. Mm-hmm. Um, they developed this vehicle in hopes that it'll prove useful to obviously um, uh, the environment, but also uh, economic reforms in Egypt at the moment. And uh, and they said it's the operational of cost of the vehicle be almost nothing because you are basically using f- compressed air. You're not paying for fuel and you also okay, do so not it, need okay, cooling. Okay, so it is, actually, it is actually air. Yeah, it's compressed, compressed air. air. So it's, it's and not it doesn't, it doesn't require air. cooling, which is good because, you know, a woman's nightmare is when the car overheats. We barely know what that means, but we know it's not good. Yeah, that's right. You pull over, you stop, you call somebody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the so there's a couple of red lights when they come on. Uh-huh, yeah. uh-huh. That, that, the, the temperature, the, the temperature red light, and the oil light. You pull over, you stop, you call somebody. That's right. That's right. So this won't even need cooling. I'm sure it'll need oil though. But um, but how cool is yeah, it? But not much. Just a little yeah, bit of lubrication on the bearings. Just a wee you know, bit. Maybe just grease. Uh huh. Uh huh. This is this, like, this is an awesome invention. I love this yeah. idea. Just plug it yeah. in the compressor. I knew you would like Brrr, this one. fills yeah. up and away you go. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe it'll have like a built-in compressor. So you're like, anytime you run out, you just pull over and keep going. Just and keep going. Well, if you had a built-in compressor on the downhills. You know, that could hey, be compressing air yeah, and give you a little yeah. bit extra range. You never know, Lyle. In like very short space of time, I might be able to, you know, we might, both might be driving to work in, in air cars. <laughs> How cool is that? Because I'm just sort of thinking, if you can get 50Ks range out of a out of a little car, like a little go-kart car, you know, lighten it up a little bit, make it into a, into a motorbike or even just maybe this should be attached to a, you know, to push bikes. You see push bikes, you get around oh, with yeah, an electric engine. Yes, or a, yes my mum has a, one of those. Really? She putt-putts around a little electric bike, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, it has uh-huh. a little engine attached to it. She loves it. This has got way more range. This does, yeah, yeah. It's just, cool. Just, just hook it up to a, to a bike. I want, do you know what? I want to know how noisy it is, though, because compressors, they're noisy. Yeah, but compressed air is not noisy, and this is not running off a compressor. It's running okay. off compressed air. So, so you fill it up with a compressor. Uh-huh. So rather than filling it up at the bowser, you just put, you know plug it into your compressor. It's, it's just so go, up cool, to the, go up to the tire filling area. Uh-huh. Yeah, fill your tires, fill your car, up. and then fill your tank. <laughs> so there's another thing you could you could use your tires as a reservoir to store yes. extra air. Yes, you, you know, get that last few this kilometers awesome. to get to the service station, fill up with more air, and you'd be just running your tires flat to get there. I'm all I'm all for this. I'm a little bit scared that like big oil companies. Um, I, I love any kind. I'm going to try and sabotage it, but I think this is great. Anyway, let me quickly tell you a crazy story. This is just insane, Lyle. So I'm sure you've heard stories about uh, women who didn't realize they were pregnant and then they go give birth and they mm-hmm. go to the toilet. Um, so this happened uh, at a home. 
And uh, the lady, I didn't realize that she was pregnant. And uh, this is in Virginia. And she, she, you know, had stomach pains, went to the bathroom and uh, realized she was in labor and actually gave birth then and there. And her 10-year-old niece was in the house, the other person in the house. And, uh, and her 10-year-old niece um, loves playing with baby dolls, right? Mm-hmm. So she ran into the toilet and uh, unfortunately her aunt, she suffered a lot of blood loss. Ooh. And so she handed the girl, her name is Chloe, handed her um, the baby, climbed into the bathtub to lie down because of the loss of blood but actually passed out and became unconscious Ooh. so 10 year old Chloe calls the, um, the emergency services and uh, and also her mother and then she remembers um, you know because she's so into dolls she watches like YouTube videos about you know dolls and you know that kind of um, mm. you know it's, it's a whole game thing and uh, and how to take care of baby dolls and so she decides to use the techniques that she learned in these videos um and so she cleans up the baby, she swaddles him, she even cut the umbilical cord with the help of, you know, um, the emergency people on the other end of the phone. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, by the time the paramedics arrived, like she was just in control. She had the whole thing down. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, how great is that? That's fantastic. And, uh, That's know, awesome. She, she was there at the front door with the baby swaddled and she was rocking him back and forth and she was just brave and she even got to name him and she named him Isaac. So, oh, there's a really nice name. Yeah, isn't that great? <laughs> what a great story. Yeah, so I, it's just amazing because I think if someone gave birth in front of me, I probably would pass out as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've had my wife give birth in front of me twice and I just about passed out both times. Oh, you, you were in there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, wow. You can't miss it. It's like the best thing ever. There's just There is nothing like it on the planet. Oh, there's just I, I nothing know. comparable. Hey, if you have some great stories to share with us or you want to weigh in on these air cars or you've seen someone give birth, give us a call. 1-800-FAITH-FM. Tell us all about it. It's not just about the manger Where the baby lay It's not all about the angels Who sing for him that day It's not all about the shepherds On the bright and shining star It's not all about the wise men Who traveled from afar It's about the cross, it's about my sin, it's about how Jesus came to be born once so that we could be born again. It's about the stone that was rolled away so that you and I could have real life someday. It's about the
above that throne from him when it should have been me. That was the Ball Bar. Bro, the, the, no, let me try that again. <laughs> that was the Ball Brothers with It's About the Cross. Don't worry, it's on Friday. Faith yeah, it's Friday. We all that's right. You. I'm trying to. Trying to <laughs> that's just de- a bit of a tongue twister there. Yeah, it is, rather. It's one of our favourites, actually. We, um, our, our listeners love that song in particular. It's such an uplifting, upbeat song. Wild. Okay, so Mon, what have you got for our next clue for the okay, quiz? Let me let see me if I can get on the, on the second one. Okay, God, I'm sure I can get on the second one. Let me see if I can pronounce these names correctly. Eliezer and Ithamar are two of my sons. Who am I? Ooh, I know this story. I know these names. I can't place it. Oh, yes, this brain is, fuzzy, this aren't is my, you? This is my humble pie week. <laughs> if you know the answer, who is the father of Eliezer and Ithamar? Give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM. And if you, have a better, if, you have a, if you have a better recipe for the humble pie than what I'm now, uh, now eating, then uh, please send that through as well because <laughs> yes. this one doesn't taste so good. Um, <laughs> Do you have something big coming up? Like, is that why your brain's elsewhere? Is there like, are you going somewhere, doing yeah, something? No. I'm going to Lismore. Okay, my bad, of course. <laughs> hey, Lismore. <laughs> <laughs> what could be more exciting than going yeah. to Lismore? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Lismore is actually an awesome place. You ever been there? Uh, where is it exactly? It's, uh, yeah, far northern New South Wales. Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, 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 I've been there. Not far from the coast. Yes, yeah. Um, beautiful area. Just, yeah. It is actually, that, that whole region through there, you know, south Queensland, you know, south of Brisbane. Mm-hmm. Um, through the through the North New South Wales border is um, is truly one of the most spectacular parts of Australia. It is very beautiful as far as a, an area in which to mm-hmm. to live. Yeah, I um, a few years ago, uh, a group of uh, friends and myself we drove from Sydney up to Cairns mm-hmm. for a youth conference, and uh, we stopped at all the. The stuff along the way. So even though I can't remember what they're all named, I know I've been there. If it's in between here and Cairns, yeah, I've no, done no, it. you wouldn't have. You just kind of like off the road a bit. We would have done it. You would have gone off the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It was a great trip. Loved it. Yeah, there and back. Awesome. Yeah. Anyway, we're going to talk about culture. Oh, we are. Mm. You th- do you think you're a cultured person? Of course, I'm a cultured person. No, there you go. Yeah, I. I yeah, everybody has some <laughs> kind of culture, right? True, true. Bogan culture counts, doesn't it? <laughs> Go it, on. It, it, it is a culture. Okay, I'm so neuroscience. Uh huh. Um, sorry, <clears throat> this is about the uh, a, a new field of study called cultural neuroscience. Ooh. Okay, so basically, the way it works is this: your brain is full of wires, and your brain wires itself a certain way so that it creates shortcuts through your brain that. Um, affect the way you think and culture affects the way you perceive yourself within your environment. Yep, true. And what they've discovered is that you've got two basic forms of culture uh, in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, You have collectivism and you have individualism. 
collectivism and individual. Okay. Yeah. So the, the, they've, they've divided the world. You know, because people study this, they like to make boxes for everybody. So divide, uh-huh. you know, yep. and, and yep. these are these are broad boxes and they're big boxes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <coughs> okay. So your collectivism is um is is dominates um in places like East Asia, Africa, and the Middle East. Oh, okay, yep. Okay, and this is where people see themselves as being part of a large cultural organism. So, yep. so your culture is like the body, mm-hmm. but you are like the finger on the body or like the nose on yes. the body. You are yep. a part of the whole thing. So this is collectivism. Uh-huh. And so, of course, um, you're going to, you know, there's going to be social grouping. There's going to be wide family, um, community uh, connections, you know, which all become very, very important. And what they've noticed is that when people come from a collectivist culture, mm-hmm. they view the world very differently. Yeah. So, so they put people from 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 that kind of culture in front of a fish tank, mm-hmm. and then they measured what their eyes were looking at. Oh, really? How interesting! Yes. I just want to say I'm super glad we're talking about this because I'm very opinionated about this topic. But go on. Okay. All right. I. I'm, I'm keen to hear your opinions on this. Yeah, All right. On. So what they noticed was that people from a collectivist culture, and, and, and the reason I'm talking about this because in the West we come from an, an individualistic culture. Oh, very much. And so I find, you mm-hmm. know, you, you always find what other people, you know, are like interesting. Yes. So I find this interesting. Yeah. Okay, so what they found was that people from a collectivist culture, well, guess what they looked at in the fish tank? The fish? No. They looked at everything but the fish. Really? Because they were looking at the context. Oh. So people from a collectivist culture, they see the broad context, and so they were looking at the plants, they were looking at the stones, they were looking at the, um, you know, the decorations that were in the tank, and the fish were not so important to them. You put an individualistic culture in front of the same tank, and they're looking at the details. Yeah. And so they'll look at the fish, and they'll actually look at the details on the fish. You know the stripes wow, uh-huh, and the, uh-huh. you know and, and, and these kind of things. And so it's very different. And so what then? So then they did the same thing with the crime scene. Oh, wow. Wow. You know, the, a photo of a crime scene. Yeah. And what they found was that the, the person from a collectivist culture, they saw the whole picture. Uh-huh. You know, everything that was in the background, everything that was in the foreground and everything that was around it, whereas, you know, the person from an individualist, individualistic culture sees a pool of blood and a gun. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's so fascinating. I didn't know it had an extent to, to, that, to that extent. <clears throat> okay. Now, here's where it gets even more interesting. Uh-huh. 95% of neuroscience studies that have taken place mm-hmm. have been on people from a Western individualistic culture. So there is a whole field of neuroscience out there that we haven't Done. even tapped yeah. into. We haven't even yeah. looked at it yet. We haven't even investigated it. Because, yeah, they would be culturally brain different. The brain would be yeah. culturally different. That's, yeah. that's amazing. That's astounding. <clears throat> and of course, what they're looking at is is now is how the how that of course you know affects things like trauma, mm-hmm. uh, PTSD, mm-hmm. um, the effect it has on um, you know, refugees. Yep, yep. And integration because mm-hmm. obviously somebody from an uh, individualistic culture is going to have less PS, PTSD as a refugee. Mm-hmm. So it's th- th- there's advantages and disadvantages both ways. Yeah. You know, there's no, there's no right or wrong or better or worse, um, but you know, with all of our Syrian refugees right now, they are, they, they, they're going to struggle more integrating than a uh, Western European uh, refugee will mm-hmm. because of the culture that they come from, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and because they have been torn out of that culture, 
and they don't know how to see themselves as an individual. Mm-hmm. They only know how to see themselves as being a, a, a broad part, part of, it, of yeah. a, com- a community, an yeah. organism. And now they have to try and function as an individual without any community, without mm-hmm. any organism, mm-hmm. which explains you know some of the some of the reasons why we find them grouping together. Yeah, um, when they come to a, uh, a another area, it's not just based around the fact that you know English is their second language and they like to hang out with people they can communicate with. They're trying to figure out their to, identity. Yeah, you're trying to figure out their identity yeah. and where they fit in mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, and and these kind of things. It's very interesting. Yeah, it is super interesting. I've I've always um, you know uh, I've always thought this 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 individualism was not as great as we think it is here in the Western culture because I mean look at us now like who here knows every person who lives on their street like I don't even I don't know my neighbors' names I don't know anything about them whatsoever and yet I think there's a lot of problems when when they crop up in our communities we think oh it's not my problem because it's not me but if we actually addressed our community problems as a community like it is your problem because you are part of this community and therefore we need to deal with it collectively I think we'd have a lot less issues I think this mentality of yes. it's not my problem because it's not me and this is exactly. the great weakness of the individualistic yeah, culture huge weakness it's you know how many like and how many um, Western society uh, cultures will you have that story over and over again where suddenly one house on the street, there's a big shoot up, the husband shoots the wife or the wife poisons the husband, something crazy happens and everyone on the street is like, oh, I had no idea. They seem like such nice people. And it's like, do you know what? If we actually were a, a better community, we would have been more alert to this kind of stuff. Like, I, I feel like that kind of scenario is a result of this individual stuff we link into. And then I think Western culture then turns to more um fake relationships like online stuff you know technology kind of based relationships to fill that void because we're all logging on to join a community aren't we we're like oh Mm -hmm. let's go online and join like a washi tape community and like this community that community but we're not being a part of the community where we're like physically located i can't believe you just said a washi tape community but anyway it's on my mind mind. so that's why i have like i'm very i'm quite opinionated about that community and a good sense of community is a wonderful thing Mm -hmm. the way it draws Mm -hmm. people together people mobilize as a team and i actually i truly really believe that this individualization of communities is a is a work of the devil Wow, that's pretty strong language yeah. coming from Mon right there. I think that uh, you know we do need to look at the advantages of the Western individualistic culture because we are able to survive and assimilate better if we move to another culture. That is true. Like I've never had that like who am I, where do I belong business because I'm like, why do I need to belong anywhere? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, we, 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 we totally, I am me. I'm we, wherever we, I go, I am me. <laughs> we, we totally don't get it when we mix with, you know, and I think that, you know, and it doesn't mention it here in the study, but I think probably a lot of our South Pacific cultures are more um, um, collectivist because yeah. you've got the whole family. Everybody's related to everybody's related to everyone. And uh, yeah, anyway, we need to uh, continue on. With I just want to say one thing. Don't okay. you think that the God has is a, is a God of community because he's created churches so that we can join the churches and have community. Oh, obviously. so you're really building a case here yeah, that this is going yeah. to be... Uh, I'm not messing around, Lyle. <laughs> this is from the... Western culture is from the <laughs> devil. <laughs> no, but I think there's aspects of it. And I think joining a church is an important part of it. And if it wasn't, like, why would God have asked us to do it? Like, how many people out there are like, oh, I believe in God, but I don't want to have to go to church. So that's fine, right? Like, there is a reason why we go to church. And, and I think community is a huge part of that. It's a massive part of it. And mm-hmm. you've highlighted a very important point there, Mon. I'm so glad that you have. We're going to listen to Marlita Fong with Learning to Learn. Learning to 
You were listening to Marlita Fong with Learning to Learn here on Faith FM, and we have come to our special guest interview section of the day. But before we get into it, Mon, give us another clue for our quiz. This is a quick one. It's Who Am I? I died on Mount Hall. H O R, Mount Hall. Give mm. us a call, 1 800 Faith FM, 1 800 324 843. If you know the answer, we're going to send you a prize. Hey, do you know, do you know who it is yet? I'm closer. We're going to send you double prizes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So uh, we have Steve Grimm joining us on the show today. Steve, welcome to the show. Hello. Now, Steve. uh, Yeah, thank you. Steve, you're a, uh, you've done a number of different things in your life and and currently you are studying um, and and doing a PhD, if I'm correct. Yes, that's true. Yeah. I'm looking at um, the Greek coming words in Matthew 24. And what they specifically mean, parousia and erkamai. That's wait, 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 you're doing an entire PhD on two words? Y- yeah, well, I have to look at its usage in all the New Testament before I come to specifically Matthew 24. You have my sympathies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that's not my job but yours. How are you finding it? Like, How's it going? Oh, yeah, I'm in the final stages. So I've finished the paper. I'm just doing corrections now. Oh, wow. Last year. Wow, how exciting. Like, can you tell us something about it maybe? Like give us a little nutshell or something? Or, or do you, have you got to keep it secret until you publish it? No, that's fine. It's just uh, explaining it in layman's terms and it's quite complex, that's all. Give, <laughs> give, give us the, uh, the idiot's guide. <laughs> So Perusia is mentioned four times in Matthew 24, and it's mentioned no, used nowhere else in the New Testament. So it's specific in Matthew, use it mostly for um, Jesus Christ's second advent. Mm-hmm. But the question in Matthew 24, 3, what shall be the sign? Now, the word is better translated presence rather than coming. Mm-hmm. So the presence can be used literally for his physical presence. Or spiritually, you know how we say, may God's presence be with you. Okay. So yeah. um, just just a, a question on this then, and, and I wasn't intending to go here, but hey, seeing as we're talking about it, let's talk about it. Um, there would be some who would argue that because it refers to presence rather than coming, that that then would refer to a secret rapture kind of experience rather than a, a, a coming with power and great glory. What's your thoughts on that? Yes, that that is exactly why some commentaries go that way. They recognize the true meaning of the word. And because of uh, your all-round theology, um, you know, you, you not only have to look at the immediate context, but you also the wider context of your whole theology comes into it. And so the um, what we call evangelical uh, theologians would apply that to the secret rapture. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, just, just just another question just just coming to mind, um, and <clears throat> sorry, Mon, Steve and I are going to uh, That's all good. have a bit of a theological quick go discussion on, right here. <laughs> but, uh, okay, so Luke has an account of, you know, the Matthew 24 sermon. Yes. And what you're saying is that Perusia is used in Matthew 24. Is it used in Luke as well? And if and if not, why not? Yeah, it's not, no. Well, as, as we know, the, the four different um, writers – wrote different aspects of Jesus uh, Jesus' sayings and his life. And so um, Matthew is a very precise or different um, yeah, um, interpretation of what Jesus did. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, fantastic. Discourse, which is what Matthew 24 and 25 is about. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Interesting, very interesting, Steve. Um, I want to I want to take a moment and backtrack now, and yeah. uh, and and maybe we could spend a little bit of time just exploring your journey of faith and uh, how you came to God and how you came to being a uh, doing a, a PhD in in uh, in theology. Um, could you share a little bit of that story with us? Oh yeah, sure. Um, I was brought up in the church um, in the SVA church, if I may say that, mm-hmm, sure. in the nineteen sixties. Okay. Now, my, my grandfather, I found out later, my grandfather died when I was eight. But he was he was searching for the truth. He came across the Adventist church, Seventh-day Adventist, and uh, he accepted it. But unfortunately, um, my grandmother and their children, which was my father and his sister, didn't readily accept it. So he basically kept the... Kept the um, went to church by himself. Sure, But sure. he did have... He did have influence on my father enough so that when I was born, he, I found out later, influenced them to send me to church by myself. Oh, wow. So, so I, I, would, well, I remember when I was about five, you know, two old ladies coming to pick me up and take me to church while well, my parents stayed at home, which was rather uh, lonely but interesting because I learned um, the basics of, the, of what the SDA church teaches, including mm. the Sabbath. Sure, sure. But I never thought I used, to come, I used to learn wonderful things about our health message, the dangers of alcohol and smoking, come home and see my parents doing those things and and uh, felt estranged mm. from the lifestyle of my parents. If you ever wanted to um, create a rift in the family, do that, teach different values to your children. Sure. Was there but was anyway, there a, was was there a point where your where your parents started coming to church? No, later, very only in the last ten years, my father has started going to church. My parents eventually separated. Sure. Um, when I when I was fourteen, I asked if I could not go to church because it was a very lonely experience for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but later on, when I grew up, I, I always understood the sabbath and and i could really could never work on the sabbath even when i was in the world so to speak yeah Mm. and i um in my 20s i bought a camper van and i was traveling around australia i was working in the northeast northwestern australia place called dampier they have the iron ore mines and stuff and i was working in there in a miners camp and up there there's nothing to do but drink alcohol and, and work. So they worked six days a week and had Sunday off, and they usually just drank in the pubs. And um, I remember, like everyone else, I worked on the Sabbath, but um, all through my head, the, the Holy Spirit kept repeating the fourth commandment. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall work and, and do all your work, but the seventh is the holy. Uh, so the next... After that, I went to my boss and asked if I could have every, every Saturday off. And uh, by myself, I used to drive into the desert and just sit down. And someone had given me a Bible before, and I was reading this Bible, and it all came back to me. And um, I ended up having discussions with my boss, who was a Roman Catholic, and I uh, lost my job there. And so I kept traveling down the coast of Western Australia, and I came to a place called Esperance. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, I was in a camp there and um, camping grounds. And I remember it was a Friday night and I remember someone, the Holy Spirit said, go to church, Stephen. And I turned around and, and it's like someone was speaking to me. Mm-hmm. But there's no one there. And uh, I just happened to find a magazine. It was an SDA magazine in the telephone box, by the way. I never found out who put it there. Was and, this a um, uh, science, science magazine? No. No, it was an independent magazine. Okay. And uh, I read it. It was amazing. It was about Christ. Uh, it was about a, a counterfeit coming of, of Satan, of, of the second coming. Mm. It was quite interesting. I found out later that that's going to happen. But anyway. So I went to church, and I haven't looked back since that day in 1988 when I first started coming back to church, and um, I accepted the Lord. Wow, and praise God. I went back to Queensland, got baptized by uh, Des Potts, mm-hmm. Pastor Des Potts, and uh, haven't looked back since. No, oh, that's fantastic. And, <clears throat> and so then I've, I guess you've... Um, what, gone on to study theology. What? Just, just tell us a little bit about your calling to uh, to study. Yes, I. Um, it was not long after that that I, I kept travelling. I went up to northern Queensland and I felt an interest to go overseas. So I sold my van and I went. I travelled to Thailand. Um, well, I, I I flew to uh, I flew to Bali. And then I rode a bicycle up to Thailand. Wow. And, um, yeah, I started work there. I worked for the Seventh-day Adventist Language School, which is a very good program. You teach uh, teach English to the locals and teach some Bible there too mm-hmm. to the Buddhist people and serves a need. And you get yeah, – it's friendship evangelism basically. And I ended up staying there for six years. Wow. Uh, first one – two years for the church and then I started working for colleges and I started studying the language and I, I became quite good after six years. I was translating in Thai. Um, then just when I thought that I was becoming very qualified to teach English there, the all the my work just uh, dried up and I found myself unemployed in Thailand. And of course, there's no unemployment benefits when you live in another country especially an Asian country, mm-hmm. and um, and I was praying, what should I do? And next minute, a friend of mine comes and does an outreach program in Malaysia, which is just south of Thailand. So I went down to help him. And as I was working with him, he did a successful program. We started a church plant in Penang, Malaysia. Mm-hmm. Praise God. And I uh, started a church there. Scott Charlesworth, you know him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he came down there. And uh, I helped him with that, and the Lord impressed me that this is something that I should do, get into preaching the gospel. And he suggested to me towards the end, Stephen, why don't you come back to Australia and do a, um, do a theology degree? And that was one of the problems. I didn't have any qualifications in Thailand. The Asians like to see um, qualifications for people who are teaching. Sure. I didn't have them. So initially I came back to Avondale College in 2002 to do a teaching degree. Mm-hmm. But after about two weeks, I said, I'm not the slightest bit interested in this. <laughs> the, only, the only thing I'm really interested in is studying the Bible. Yeah. And and 
I'd already had the interest in languages, which was I'd been studying Thai for six years. And so I uh, took up theology. And I particularly liked uh, Greek and Hebrew, which I found I was amazed to find that no one else liked it. <laughs> you are one of a kind. Yep. <laughs> we, we do meet the odd person every now and then who just loves Greek and Hebrew, and uh, it always encourages me when I do because, as you say, yeah, very, very. Someone needs the, to love it. Most of the other theo- theology students are like, "Oh, we have to do this," but um, yeah, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> So that's my story. Yeah, fantastic. And, of course, you're um, – and, and very quickly, we're actually – I was going to get you to tell a whole bunch of stories about um, uh, the work that you do with literature evangelism, but we are running out of time here. So maybe another time, but um, I just want to I just want to say that um, Steve is involved in literature evangelism um, yeah. along with uh, along with my son on occasions. They sometimes work together. And, yeah, uh, your son is an inspiration, yeah. He's very enthusiastic. Yeah. That must be pretty cool when you meet Thai people at the door and you can speak to them in Thai. Sorry? It must be pretty oh, cool. Yes. Yeah. I, I love to meet Thai people out in, in the public, you know, because I can speak. They get surprised when I speak the language. Yeah, to I can them. imagine. <laughs> yeah, here's this Aussie guy speaking to them in, in Thai. Steve, we're going to have to move on. Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing with us this morning. Thank you for having me. That was uh, Steve Groom. Um, sharing his experiences of his uh, walk of faith with God and uh, what an adventure going from van life to bicycle life to bicycle life in In Thailand Thailand. and uh, using all those opportunities after he gives his life to God. You know, finding God out in the desert near Dampier. And now doing a PhD in, what was it, Greek and Hebrew and all kinds. Yeah, it's amazing. When you follow God, God will take you down an amazing path, tailor-made just for you.
Forgiveness. It's easier said than done. But there's a program called Forgive to Live, designed to help us all improve our lives and discover the healing power of forgiveness. So if you're keen to take that first step, head to forgivetolive.org.au. Hey, Mon. Mm-hmm. Do you believe in miracles? Look, if God can change my life, I think I definitely believe in miracles. Okay, so the Hamilton Seventh-day Adventist Church is making a difference in its community. Oh, yeah, how? Well, it's worshipping together, loving together, learning together, and above all, preparing for Jesus to return together. Ooh, that sounds good. When's all this happening? Bible studies start at 10 a.m., service at 11 a.m., and guess what that's followed by? Or is it this free lunch I keep hearing about? Absolutely. (laughs) Well, please join us at the Hamilton Seventh-day Adventist Church. Our address is 105 Lindsay Street, Hamilton, New South Wales. Every Saturday morning where you will be welcomed with a smile. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Someone in the great somewhere 